0: and welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, April 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Nez, and today I'll be talking about Trails and Traces, Crime Opera, (laughs) Butterfly Effect, Crime Opera, The Butterfly Effect, and Star Wars Pinball VR. I was giggling because I wasn't sure if Trails and Traces was the right name, but then I glanced up at the email, and it is indeed the right name. But before I get to all that, and this is going to be a short show, I have been extra cloudy this week. I don't know if it's lingering effects from getting my COVID shot on Sunday. It's been a very exhaustive week where I've just been more tired than usual and lacks the motivation to do things. And I don't know. I'm hoping that's just because of the COVID vaccine. I got the Pfizer at the united center and it wasn't okay uh my arm was a bit sore the following day on monday and i opted not to do any exercise which is big for me but it wasn't too bad it it more so was my arm felt sore if i raised it above a certain point but it wasn't in pain or anything like that though like i said Been a little extra tired, though I think I'm coming around on that. I did play through Crash Bandicoot, the first game as part of the Insane Trilogy for Attack the Backlog, and that was a trying experience. I finished it, I played through the entire thing on stream, and my last night with it, the last hour or so I played it on stream and wrapped everything up, someone came in, I forget their username, but it was really nice having someone... For the first time, with me streaming and everything, come in and stick around and actually converse with me and engage with the stream and not just lurk there or pop in, say hi, and then leave. Even if they follow me, I would much rather they stick around and maybe chat and whatnot. And they were a great emotional support for my playing through the game because I am not a fan and I'm now... (laughs) I think part of it is just the cloudy nature of this week, but I've been struggling to get that script done so that I can move on to something else. And I don't know what to play next because Crash did kind of take a lot out of me in terms of me enjoying games in general. That's a bit harsh, but I think I want to go with something that I feel rather confident will be at least good enough where I'll enjoy the core mechanic and that is Rage. I've been wanting to play through Rage for years and I've talked about it. It's been at the top of my list for a long time and I always say maybe next time, maybe the one after this one. I keep putting it off and I don't want to do it anymore. I don't think it's an incredibly long game either even though it originally came out on I believe three discs on Xbox 360 but I'm thinking that it's just because of the visuals and uh, the underlying tech of it all but yeah it's it's been a off week for me and so i haven't been able to play as much as i would like and there's a game that i got a code for recently called before i forget i believe that's the name of it which is about dementia and i'm excited to play that it's weird saying i'm excited to play a game about dementia but i want to play that With my father next to me. Because I have a lot of history with dementia. My grandmother on my father's side. She ended up getting Alzheimer's. And then my grandfather on my father's side. Got dementia maybe a year before he passed. Maybe not even that. I think it was pretty close to when he actually ended up passing away. And then my grandmother on my mother's side. Ended up with dementia a few years before she passed so there's a lot of history of dementia in my immediate family I don't know about past generations if any of them ended up suffering from dementia but it's a very personal topic for me and my father as well watching my grandmother specifically on my father's side deal with Alzheimer's and the way my grandfather treated her was really rough. And my father has said many times that Alzheimer's uh, dementia is the one thing he would not want over any other type of disease. If he ever got to the point where he couldn't remember me, he would want to just be taken out to the woods and shot by my uncle, who's a hunter. And you know, the greatest game is human. So he would just want to be shot. And I, I am right there with him in that. If I am no longer really there, then I I don't see a reason to keep living. Because Alzheimer's is tough for the people around you. I'm sure it's also tough for you personally. I can't speak from it as someone who's gone through it in that sense. But you look at other diseases like cancer or whatever, and those are physically painful on the person and is difficult and trying for that person, but Alzheimer's is hard for the people around them because suddenly this person no longer remembers you or forgets this or that, and it's like their mind has died, but their body continues to live, and you are constantly reminded of them through their body and their existence in the living world, but the person you know isn't really there. They may have windows. It all depends from person to person how it goes. But I'm curious to see what the game is like, how it tackles the topic. And again, I'm I'm excited in a weird way. I, I am all for games exploring these types of topics that you might not expect in video games. And seeing the way it goes about that is what has me very intrigued and I'm excited to play through it and see all that for myself. See that that'll be for next week. But for this week, I've got those games I mentioned at the top of the show and let's just get right to it. I can't think of anything else to say. And I, I, like I said, this is going to be a shorter show. And even with these games, I don't have all that much to say about them. Specifically, especially Trails and Traces, which is a traditional point-and-click adventure, and it's pretty rough all around. It's a a Games joint, so if nothing else, it'll give you some easy achievement points, and if that's what you're looking for, look no further than Trails and Traces. But Radaleca Games is more than just a studio, a publisher, a developer that puts out easy achievement games. They do that pretty much with every one of their games. I think there are outliers here and there. But they also put out quality little games as well. They're just kind of overshadowed all the time by the fact that they're known as the easy achievement trophy house, I'd say. But they do put quality games out there as well. And part of the frustration in some of those games is that they give you all the achievements really early on so that you don't need to keep playing. So if you're someone who is just there for those achievements or trophies, while there may still be a lot of great game there, you may end up just stopping very early on. But enough about Rodaleca Games, let's talk about Trails and Traces, a point and click adventure game. The roughness comes in, the visuals doesn't look that great, the animations don't look that great, the voice acting isn't that great, it sounds like it's all one person doing different voices. Using different mics, and it's just a little weird and off putting. And then, mechanically, I really hate the way it controls. I don't remember it giving me any kind of tutorial. I don't remember there being a control scheme in the settings that I could see exactly how I'm supposed to interact with things, but I learned it on my own via just experimenting with the controller. And I'm playing on Xbox One, or I'm playing on the Series X, but it is an Xbox... Well, it is an enhanced for series consoles. I don't know what that means. I feel like that's probably just, oh, fast load times or something, because it doesn't look that great. So I can't think of anything else that it could be using from the series, the power of the series consoles, other than the SSD. But the way you control your character and interact with the world is that you will have your little on-screen cursor and... You highlight an object, and you'll see that object's name. You click, I think, the X button to walk over to it. And when you walk over to it, nothing happens. What you need to do is hold that button, and then you'll see a little icon show up on screen that has a eyeball, I think, at the top, and then on the bottom, a hand. And the way you use those is by while still holding the X button, raising the left analog stick up or down. And I think it also will stay on screen, the icon, if you let go of the X button, and then you can push the left analog stick up or down to interact with it. Using the D-pad will just make the icon disappear, and you'd have to start over from holding the X button. And in some cases, I would be able to see like the eye open, Or the hand closed to show that I'm going to grab it or try to grab it. And it was just weird and cumbersome in the sense that I wasn't exactly sure what was doing what. I got a handle for it, but it felt like there was still something I was missing to make it a bit more intuitive. But the the game is just super basic, super simple, super easy. Doesn't look great, doesn't sound great, and... There's no reason to play this over the countless other point-and-click adventure games out there. There was that one I played a week or two ago with the tiger that was really pretty and then it got super fat. That one is way more worth checking out. And I think that one is also Rodaleca Games. I'm not entirely sure, so don't quote me on that. But that is just one example of many, many examples that are on the platform. But yeah, that is Trails and Traces. A pretty mediocre point-and-click adventure game. But if you want them achievements, then it's the game for you. Then Crime Opera The Butterfly Effect is a visual novel where you are part of a crime family and you, through various chapters, are seeing this world through the eyes of various children who are in this crime family. And I was unable to make it that far in the game because I... I was made uncomfortable very quickly. It had nothing to do with my issue with visual novels. I I was kind of interested the first few minutes and then it hit me with something that is very personal to me and it bothers me intensely. It may not bother you and most people, but as somebody who has experience with this, I found the inclusion of domestic violence to be very uncomfortable. You start off as this young girl, and she's talking about how her father hits her, and that when she was younger, she would just get spanked. But now he hits her with an open fist really hard across her face. And she wants to be an adult, but misses the time when she was a kid and would only be spanked. And I think she talks about how her mother told her that she should stay a kid as long as she can, because as soon as she grows up, it's okay to hit her. There was some One or something that was saying it was okay to hit her once she's an adult. As long as she's a kid, she can't be hit. But when she becomes an adult, it's free game. And that made me uncomfortable. When the father comes into play, even though it's all static images, of course, he comes on the screen with his very mean face and a closed fist. And he looks like he is just about to punch her in the face. Even though this is outside and other family members are there, the static image of him looking that aggressive and like he is just a second away from punching this girl in the face made me uncomfortable the entire time. And I read up on the game, and I guess there was controversy with its initial steam launch over some sexual aspects of the game where one of the kids spies on his father having sex with this babysitter. And I I just, for me, that initial bit of triggering i guess you could say was enough to turn me off i don't want to say the game is bad because of that or you shouldn't play it because of that i don't even know if this is really something that would require a trigger warning or anything like that because it's not often that i find something like this that does this to me but this could just be me in a particular mood at this time or I don't know, maybe it is the way it's handled here, but it just it turned me off to the point where I really don't want to keep playing the game. And I just wanted to put that out there because if that may be a concern for you or something that does also bother you, you should know about that going in. In terms of technical merits and all that, the art's not bad the writing seemed not terrible outside of the fact that just topically and what was actually there in the story, the substance of it was personally upsetting for me. I I don't think it was poorly written or anything like that. There are bits of interaction and stuff that you can turn on or off if you want. So as far as the game goes from a technical standpoint, it seems pretty decent. It just wasn't something I was into, and some of the stuff I've read about later chapters makes me glad I didn't keep playing, because there are things that would make me additionally uncomfortable that I don't want to really go into, because having not experienced them myself, they maybe aren't as bad as I read, or maybe they're changed, I don't know, because those were based on the Steam release, I think, which was maybe a year ago, it was in 2020, I know, I think, maybe, I don't want to even say that, but It was a decent enough time ago that maybe alterations were made, so I don't don't want to talk about stuff that I haven't personally experienced, but the initial chapter was unpleasant enough for me to make me not want to keep playing. So there is that. And I was playing that on Xbox One as well. Then the last game I played is Star Wars Pinball VR, which I was playing on the Quest 2, and this is exactly what you think it is. It is pinball in VR. It is The Pinball FX Studio, Zen Studio. So it's those games, you've probably played them on your regular console in 2D, really boring 2D. But now you can do them in 3D. And it comes with all eight of the Star Wars tables. I think it costs $25. I got a code for it. And this is my first time messing around with Pinball in VR. And it's neat. It's a neat novelty, but it's just that there is something about the novelty that makes the lesser tables feel better just makes them more exciting because you are in this vr space but there is still this weird disconnect it's almost a weirder disconnect in 3d because i was playing it with the touch controls whatever the name of the oculus controllers are just at my side so even with the controller i'm holding it with my elbows at a 90-degree angle. And that at least gives somewhat of the illusion of having my hands at the side of a pinball table. And I could do that with the quest controllers, of course. But I am not forced to, so they were just at my sides. So it was kind of weird to just be standing there, motionless, and just pushing the triggers on them to use the flippers. So there was a weirdness there in terms of just what I was seeing, and what I was actually doing. But the games themselves are fun. I am still a person who prefers the pinball arcade physics model and all that to the pinball effects model. Pinball effects does a lot of stuff in terms of just having a lot of things going on on the tables and in VR, in addition to having the pinball in a 3D space, it also has, like, on the table, you'll have these statues these figures these characters doing actions on them but now you have them in the room as well that is kind of cool i guess but i'm focused on the pinball table so i'm not really paying attention to luke over here having a fucking lightsaber battle with darth vader whatever he's doing but what i probably like the most about it is just having these pinball tables in a 3d space and being able to go right up in them you can dip your head inside the table through the glass and just see all the bits and pieces of each table up close and personal. And that is by far the coolest part of it. And it made me think about how awesome it would be if we ever get to the point where hand tracking is perfect and you can use it in any game and you could go to these pinball tables and then just like with your hands, pick up individual objects and pull them up to your face and just see all these little components of a pinball table up close and personal something like that would be very cool but that is the aspect of the pinball game that I like the most is just going into the tables and getting to see them up close and personal from all these various angles you just walk around your room space and all that and look at the pinball tables from every angle I think that's very cool but it plays fine. It plays like Pinball FX and all that. So it's a solid arcade pinball game. But it's really just a neat novelty as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't opt to play this over the Pinball Arcade because I prefer the way that feels and the way that plays. But I think what I would use Star Wars Pinball VR or the Pinball FX VR Games 4 is just to show someone, hey, doesn't this kind of look like you're playing a pinball table in real life? Because it does. It looks like that. Again, I, I think the disconnect of just having the controls at your sides is a little weird. And if there was like a pinball controller I could use for it, that would make it more immersive. But having a pinball table in VR is neat. It is very neat. And I appreciate that. I am now realizing, I think I would really love a pool game in VR, I don't know if one exists. But if there was a way to make the controls feel good where you'd use both controllers and have one that you have to hold out to hold the stick in place and then pull the other one back and forward. That would be really cool. That could be really really finicky probably in terms of getting that to work control-wise. But I love pool so much. I don't have a pool table. I have a ping pong table. And I wish I had a pool table instead, because ping pong requires two people. I know I could lift up half of the table and then just bounce the ball back at myself. That sounds fucking boring as shit, and I don't want to do that. But if I had a pool table, I'd be playing pool all the time. I'm not that good at pool, which is probably in part because I don't play that much pool. But I just enjoy the act of playing pool a lot. For whatever reason, I just find it really relaxing and soothing and anytime I'm out in the Schomburg area and have the time to go to, what is it called? I forget the name of that arcade thing. But that place, whenever I am there with the time, I like to go there and play pool because there's usually no one playing those tables. And I think it's like $3 to play a game of pool, which is a very good price given the fact that I'm no good at pool and that'll give me a good amount of time. It's a lot of bang for my buck. If I was really good and could pocket every ball in like three minutes, then maybe it wouldn't be that great, but it'll take me 30 minutes or more to get that done, especially when I'm playing with somebody who's also not great and we just keep putting the balls in terrible positions because you know what? No one likes, myself included, it's balls in terrible positions. Anywho, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Markers Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast and attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the videos I make like Attack the Backlog over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. If you'd like to watch me stream here and there, I still don't have a schedule, which is something I should probably do at some point. But if you'd like to watch me stream every now and again, you can go over to twitch.tv slash sausage and follow me there. So, that would be really nice, and I would love to chat with you while I'm playing a game. Maybe I'll really hate rage, and I'll rage while playing rage, and you could rage with me. Let's rage against the machine that is my Xbox, and I'll throw it out the window. But uh, yeah, that is twitch.tv slash pxsausage. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. Speaking of art, I have been... I don't know why, but I got into a mood where I was like, you know what? I am going to embrace my love of things, and instead of just owning 20 white v-necks that I got in 12 packs or whatever from Target for like 10 bucks for 12 shirts or whatever the fuck they are, I want to embrace what I love and wear gamer shirts and anime shirts but I don't want to wear shitty ones I want to find good ones that are not exactly subtle they don't have to be subtle but at least are creatively designed and look nice to me so I have been looking at a lot of online stores trying to find places that sell decent looking branded clothing and it is hard to find stuff i found a few that are not bad fangamer.com is one such place which is where i bought my first one so far i got this karamari damasi hoodie because i think it is very cute and isn't in your face about everything And then I got a Metal Gear Solid shirt to see how that feels with Gray Fox on it, because I love Gray Fox, love Metal Gear Solid. It's one of my favorite games of all time, my favorite video game series of all time. I should probably own at least one shirt, right? So we're going to see how this goes and the whole me getting branded clothing stuff goes. But in addition to Fan Gamer, there's also the Yeetie, which is an Aurora-based company, Aurora, Illinois, which is kind of cool. They do two shirts every day, which is kind of annoying, but the regular prices for shirts is $20 and then their daily deal shirts or whatever they want to call them are $14 or $17 for like the double X, L and above sizes. So the prices are surprisingly Affordable compared to a lot of other places, and I appreciate that. I'm especially appreciative of the fact that their 24 hour shirts are cheaper than the regular price because it would be easier for them to say, Hey, this is limited. If you want it, you can only get it for this short period of time, so you're going to be more than willing to spend a little extra on them. But instead, they're like, Hey, this is a brief window thing, you don't know if you want to get this, let's make it a little easier for you to make the decision by charging you a little bit less. I appreciate that a whole bunch. So I, I might pick up a shirt there every now and again. I'm going to check the daily shirts to see what it's like. But they have good designs on those sites. And There's this British company, Insert Coin Clothing, that does some really nice-looking shirts and some gaudy stuff that I'm kind of interested in. But it's British, and you're forced to pay for, like, international shipping, tracking shit that is, like, 20 pounds that would equate to i don't know 30 dollars or something and that is what gives me pause because the one thing i'm looking at which is a yakuza jacket is already a bit pricey but i think i might end up doing it i don't know it would be by far the gaudiest thing i've ever owned but at the same time i look at it and i'm like i really fucking love this i love this a lot and I don't think I'll be able to help myself because it is something that, out of all the things I've looked at, it just it draws my eyes so much. And maybe I don't want all those eyes to be drawn to me, but damn, it looks good. It is so fucking pretty. But yeah, what I wanted to get at, though, is when I've been looking at all these sites, of course, Hot Topic sells so many things because they're like a fucking cafe press that has like 60,000 caper shirts of shit like that. Their stuff, for the most part, I've seen a few outliers, but most of their stuff is just this really basic, uninspired, generic crap, and I hate it, and I especially hate any shirt that just has a square or rectangular image on it. It's just like, hey, we found this picture via Google Images, and we just put it on a t-shirt. And we just did the least amount of work possible to make a shirt with your favorite anime character on it. Your favorite video game character on it. or We just put the fucking box art on a t-shirt and said, Hey, you'll buy this because you're a weave or you're a key. And you'll just buy anything. And it made me say to myself, I think I have to design my own shirts. Because what's out there is not good. There are those few stores that I mentioned But so much of what's there in abundance is absolute shit. So I'm going to probably dabble around in my free time with some t-shirt designs for things that I really like. I'm going to try and figure out what I want to do in terms of that because I would want them to be unique. I don't want it to be generic in any way. I want it to be something that is unique and maybe utilizes my style as well so we'll see how that goes anywho that is enough about all that crap let us just wrap up this show so thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode this brief episode which is longer than i was expecting because i kind of rambled a lot here in the end and at the beginning maybe a little bit i'm not sure i feel like i got through the beginning pretty quickly but i know that i just started rambling a whole bunch here at the end But again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week. And bye!